Welcome to the 365 Mrs. Center. So today we're going to be having a look at task publishing. Um, sounds fancy, uh, but we'll get a, we'll get right into it. Um, there's a, a few other messages that we'll be catching up with that we were, were announced a little while ago, uh, and we want to sort of circle back and, and just see how they landed within the community. And uh, some other things that are quick reminders of, of things coming up. So roll the intro. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, Daryl. I've missed you. Hey, Daniel. You have? Well. We've just spent a bit of time uh, uh, sort of synchronizing some of this OBS setup and having mm -hmm, fun mm -hmm. with uh, some of the production toys, haven't we? Yes, we have. Um, for those that care about these things, it happens that I'm producing today. So uh, if anything goes wrong, blame Daryl for what? No, no. Anyway, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, Daryl kind of, you, you gave a little bit of um, a little sneak there on some what we're kind of thinking about changing, not changing the show too much, but really kind of thinking about how we can bring, uh, make it more useful for you in, in a way of, not just covering some of the messages that we think are important, but, you know, also, you know, doing some quick mentions, but also, you know, kind of thinking about there's some uh, functionality coming in that we've already talked about and maybe it's hitting, hitting the store shelves now um, and how people may be using it uh, and, and, you know, kind of revisiting it, just a short revisit to say, here's what's going on, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be useful because uh, messages are always coming through. And, you know, for quite some time, our format's been we'll look at the message. And it, it's been hard to circle back and to just take a look at that because some things have been released um, now or have already come out, as you've said before, too. And we've been told about it in the message sense. And other times, things are way off in the distance. And so we'd like to come back and it's all part of that change cycle. It's it's one thing to tell you about what's happened, but how is this landing? How is that impacting you? So yeah, that's exactly. our, our new stab at a segment. Yes. So let's go ahead and get started with the first message and then we'll get to that segment later. Does that sound good? Definitely. All right. The first message up is yours. Yeah. So this is uh, task publishing. We have seen the task app um, was called the planner app and sort of transitioning to being called tasks. And uh, this this message, uh, this is uh, MC23-4234, uh, is, I think, I'm excited about this. It's, it's about um, empowering um, corporates to be able to publish tasks to different uh, locations. And I think it's going to be mostly useful to this first line or frontline worker scenario. Uh, as I read through it and, and I was, you know, learned about the feature, I thought of my own experience working for a, a clothing store, retail clothing. And we had this model where um, our merchandisers, people who had, had got certain clothing, they wanted it to look in a certain way in our in our store window. And so we would get issued some instructions about how to set that up, how to make it look used, sort of uniform across the different stores to try and help market that new line of clothing. Uh, the instructions were sent out. We would have to go through and set it up just as it, as it was and then report back and say this is what it looked like. 
And I can see this being quite useful, Daniel, where a corporate office could uh, take these tasks. Uh, they belong to a publishing team. It's a role that you have with the system. And you can um, publish a task to multiple locations. So in this case, it might have been 90 different stores. And it would go to the manager of the store, and the manager could then assign it to an individual in, in their team. And they would go and um, complete that task. And if you step through this scenario, the great thing is, if you're doing this from a phone, you go through and you'd set up the, the window, you could snap a few things to confirm that this is how the window looks like. And uh, back at corporate and at the manager level too in the store, you can see the task's been completed. Here's some evidence of what it looks like. And, uh, and everyone's happy they've got that central view of, of what the, uh, the task looks like. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this in action. I haven't got any first line customers uh, at this stage. But uh, really interested to hear how it lands in, in that retail and the, the store kind of scenario. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I, I have a couple of of customers and that have multiple stores to and thinking about this and actually different. It, it, this can go from clothing to food service to banking, even if you think about you know how you might manage you know you walk into a bank and a financial institution there's going to be signage there's going to be all sorts of kind of um you know the brand you know that you want to communicate out to everyone here's what we need to do to set things up or here's how we're communicating today we're hitting in fact i do have um have multiple financial uh, clients and one of them i know for a fact uses their internet to do this they send out notifications through the internet that we deployed to do this kind of thing. But it, I think Teams is a better place to do it, uh, really, to push out Definitely. that information. Yeah, so that it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Because it's not just about um, having a central way to, to get that task out there, but what if we need to discuss um, our setup? Have we got any questions? And how do we loop people into mm -hmm. to part of this? And, and so that's leveraging all of that goodness within teams to mm -hmm. to try and work together as a team to to get that consistency and being able to report and see the progress of that so um really uh just there's a lot more to it i'm sure that we could do a deep dive um yeah. at some point um but this is rolling out available mid-january which is kind of now-ish mm -hmm. <laughs> um and it is something too like to, to sum it up it's not just going to be there um the tasks app is there and available and turned on by default. Uh, but you will, as an admin, need to turn this on. You need to go into uh, managing your apps within the Teams Admin Center. You upload a schema using PowerShell to make this available. And uh, then it's available for your organization to use task publishing. And there's lots of uh, um, nice links down here, right, to learn more about this one. So I think there's yes. you definitely need to take a good read of those. Yeah. And, it, of course, it goes without saying that uh, if you're going to go down this track, you do need to uh, to train some to people up about what do we do with these tasks and how do we manage them and mm -hmm. how do we uh, complete them and send them back so that, that it's all part of that workflow, uh, corporate workflow. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel, these are some things that we've been waiting for around Microsoft Lists and um, something to do with columns. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, this announcement is Microsoft List and SharePoint List. If you'll remember, Microsoft List and SharePoint List are one and the same thing. 
uh, Microsoft list and SharePoint list, column settings in grid view. This is MC234414. And this is formerly known as quick edit, you know, this grid view of being able to edit your content um, all at once, right? Kind of like in an Excel spreadsheet. Let's, you know, think of it that way of being able to just kind of go in from the, into every cell, if you will, and edit content on the fly. Um, this is allowing you to do more editing um, than you have been before when you're in grid view. Uh, now you're able to control uh, columns. Uh, and what we mean by that is formatting the column, uh, show hide columns, pin a column and all without leaving the grid view at all. So you're, you're not having to, those things you would have to do. You'd have to exit grid view and then make those modifications to the columns. So uh, this one is kind of short and sweet. Uh, really, there's nothing to turn on. It's going to roll out uh, to targeted release mid January through February and then standard release uh, early February through March. Uh, again, nothing to turn on or, or modify. It's, it's going to be available to you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this works, but they're showing here in the message that you're going to be able to, when in grid view, go in and uh, select the little carrot uh, next to the column name and, and choose what you want to do. So uh, pretty simple. Uh, Daryl, do you do editing of lists in grid view a lot? I, I prefer to to use GridView to enter information. Uh, I, you know, it's fine to fill out uh, one item and fill out that form and, and enter it into into the list itself. Um, but if I'm trying to make multiple updates, I will go into that GridView. And I, I do like to see an update like this where it's enabling us to edit more on the fly and in bulk um, while, we're, while we're working. I agree. Um, remind me, what is, what is it when you pin a column again? Yeah, see, this is going to be the, the fun part, um, What how they're going to make this work. So we're pinning a column to the filter, so being able to filter per that column. I'm, so I'm just trying to figure what is it, we're, how they're going to integrate it, because if you actually look at the menu that they're showing here in the message uh, for this update, it doesn't even show that. So it's mm. going to be interesting how that's actually going to work. So mm -hmm. we will see more as that comes along. But so pretty quick update. Um, and now I think we want to talk about usage reports, right? Yeah. Daryl? Yeah. Um, and these usage reports for Microsoft Teams are the sort of reports that admins will use. We know that there are some statistics and usage analytics that a change manager might use to drive adoption. This is more about the usage of the service. So this is uh, update MC234381. Um, and to date, I wonder, Daniel, if you could just maybe go to that, that full screen view and perhaps uh, uh, bring yeah. up uh, in the tab there the uh, the message, oh, sorry, the uh, the screenshot of that. Um, usage reports. Sure. What we have today within um, the reports, uh, we do have uh, two two reports um, showing usage for a user and seeing how they're engaging with Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. which is good. It, it's showing that yes, people are actually using the service and also device activity, how people engaging with Teams using the, the mobile app and various different devices. 
but what we will see uh, shortly is, um, and I'll describe it a bit for those on the podcast, uh, two new categories, uh, Teams usage and channel usage. Teams usage, as, as it suggests, is how are people using, oh, are Teams being used? Um, they compare how many teams there are and how many active teams there are, and there will be a, a difference. And this is the kind of information that an admin might use to maybe go and approach some people that have teams but haven't been using them for some time and don't show a lot of activity. Um, uh, the other uh, factor that we're interested in too is within the team are channels. There might be some teams which have lots and lots of channels, um, but very few channels that have been used. And um, this is showing active channels and how uh, within the team, how active those channels are. So uh, two very good um, figures that we can, or statistics that we could use to gauge the activity within a team. Um, so those will be uh, added uh, to the report. You won't see um, these yet within your tenant um, and I do have a link too that we can probably drop into the description later on to point you towards the uh, the page that will show you how to uh, make sense of these new reports, but the page hasn't been updated yet in docs.microsoft.com. <laughs> right. So at least we'll point you there in the right place to look, but yes. um, th this is inf information that'll be important. Um, this is expecting to be rolling out late January um, and should be completed in early February. Do you foresee any sort of issues about you know, worrying about Big Brother. You know, we talk about this a lot when items like this yeah. come out, usage report. You know, oh my goodness, we're going to actually include someone's name in a report. You know, people freak mm -hmm. out. Well, we're, we are including in this will be team names. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't foresee any kind of problems with that. But, you know, I didn't foresee any problems with the last time we <laughs> ran into issues with the yeah. usage report. Well, so do you foresee anything like that? No, um, and if I'd, I would suggest that you look up to uh, admins who are concerned about this or trying to be compliant with certain laws within your, your country, um, that there is a switch and a thing that you can flick across to anonymize this information. Um, kind of does make it difficult to make it a useful feature if you can't target certain teams and right. say, oh, maybe that's one that I need to to um, maybe archive because it hasn't been used for six months and there's very little activity. Right. But yeah, you can anonymize this sort of stuff. Well, and think about project teams, right? You know, mm. a project is done and you look and it's like, wow, there's there's that project. It, it hasn't been used in six months like you were just talking about. You should archive that. I mean, and how else are you going to know at this if you don't know which team is not having activity? I mean, I, yes, you could use other automated tools, but... Um, I think this is just another tool um, in our tool belt, right? Definitely. Yeah. Now, uh, finishing off our messages to take a close look at, uh, there's something happening with Outlook on the web. Yes, MC234129, Outlook on the web, message reminders. Um, this is uh, the ability to um, see messages that Outlook on the web, so this is in your browser, Outlook on the web has determined that maybe you should have done something <laughs> with that message. Hello, it's me. Um, so Outlook will check your email conversations and it's looking for things like, you know, uh, um, reply to me by tomorrow or can you get back, can you get in touch with so-and-so today or, uh, you know, 
questions, asking you questions, but you never replied, that should, you know, you really should imply, uh, reply to. Um, this is uh, something that uh, I have seen on in, I have an outlook.com email address uh, or an email account. It's a personalized address on there, but that, you know, gives you nudges. Hey, didn't you need to do something with this? Um, and it's kind of a similar uh, thing. Uh, again, I think, you know, there's going to be some that say, whoa, you mean the service is going to be AI going to be looking into my emails and, uh, you know, it's already doing it anyway, whether you want it to or not. But um, the, I, so what it's going to do is it's going to shift that up to the top, to, uh, that message and say, do you want to do something with this? And the language in this message is very interesting because it says, if applicable, I don't know what applicable means, but... I mean, I know what the word means, so please don't write me. Uh, don't at me, as they're saying these days. I know what applicable means. I just don't know what it means here. Uh, does it mean if, if I guess they found the message. So if applicable, a maximum of one email will be brought to the top of the user's box at a time. I don't understand that language, why they use that language. I mean, can, I have a, can I have a guess at it? <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I'm guessing what it means oh, yeah. and it means that there will only be one that's ever at the top suggesting yes. this. it's not going to load yeah. 10 of them for you up there no and that and that may be the case if they didn't have a limit yeah. daniel i'm sure there are people who make all sorts of commitments in email and uh don't actually get around to responding or maybe doing so stuff. i just feel like it's it was just odd when i read it i'm like a maximum yeah. of one email yeah um at a time but what this does do it does bring up to me is how then does it rotate through them? Is it that you know if I open up a if I refresh a screen, is it just going to show mm. a new one up there that it found? If I maybe if it just loses focus, that would be kind of cool. Does it pop another one up there? I don't know. Um, but it's just doing one at a time. Users can disable this. You just go to settings and layout. And there will be message reminders. You could turn this off. Um, and admins actually could turn this off for your whole org using PowerShell. It's talking about that parameter here, set organization config. Uh, you could do that. I, I kind of like this. I think all of us forget from time to time to do something when, uh, you know, when maybe someone says in your email, please respond today or something. And you just forget. I think it's an okay thing to get these nudges. Mm. Um, it, like I said before, I think it's doing it whether you want to or not. Meaning, uh, you know, there's machines looking at your email. I mean, Gmail, Google has been doing this for, I don't know, 20 years. It feels like They're different uh, kinds of nudges though, right? Hey, uh, yeah. you seen this ad. No, yes, but what I'm saying is, like, I think, I feel like Google has been looking in your email, right, and seeing content and then displaying ads that are appropriate to mm. your email if you're using Gmail. So let's not freak out about, you know, people, the machines reading our email um, and just, and it's not reading it to then export out so other people can read it. That's not what we mean here, right? It's just that it can read it and says, there's a question there and you haven't replied. So, Maybe you should answer this email. Um, I, I don't have a big problem with it, but hey, you know, I'm sure there's somebody going to have a problem with it. Um, targeted release mid-February to mid-March is when it's going to roll out. And then standard release early March through late July. So there's going to be a bit of a rollout there. So 
Um, so you have a little bit of time to plan, but go ahead and add that to your list. All right. Well, this next segment we're calling mm-hmm. quick mentions because there are sometimes things that do drop back into our mm-hmm. messages and remind us of something that's coming up or that's just the briefest of things that we don't really need to spend a lot of time on. Uh, and a, maybe I would get Daniel to have to bring this up as a screenshot. But the first one, um, actually, you're going to take this yeah, one, let aren't me, you? Yeah, let me do this Go one. Ahead. So, I mean, this is the Introducing History menu in Microsoft Teams, MC234245. And it's just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to say, um, well, I guess we can't see that too well. But... Um, Basically, we're going to be able to um, have a place where we can see where we've gone in Teams, where we, the apps, the, so apps, you know, yes, I said apps, you can see OneNote is there, but tabs, documents, um, channels, and it'll show the history so we can get back to where we were. So we don't have to go, if you think about it, you know, there's all these tabs and all these channels, where was I? Uh, so we're going to be able to hover over this navigation and I don't like this part. So this is the part I really don't like is it's not obvious that you can do this, but you hover, not click on the navigational arrows and it'll show you uh, that history. I love that part of it though. This, this history bit is, yeah. is good. Um, so that's a quick mention. Uh, this one will be rolling out uh, pretty soon, but um, uh, loving um, that we're getting this. Um, early February is when the begins to roll yeah. out. Now, this next quick mention, it's a reminder about uh, a message a while back uh, that the configuration for guest access for Microsoft Teams is changing. Um, so just to remind you of the message, MC234252, uh, the, the default for this setting, uh, whether guest access is turned on or off, um, the default is off. And this uh, change uh, will change the default to on. Um, if you haven't configured it, it will change it to on. If you have configured it and you've turned it off purposefully because your organization is not ready for guest access yet, um, then it's not. this update is not going to change it for you, so don't panic. But the other thing I'll say too um, is th- there's more to enabling guest access than just switching the switch across. Um, and we'll drop a link into the description of the video uh, to show you that there are quite a few steps to make sure that a guest can get to documents, can share, can see certain content. It's quite granular and it's it's spread across multiple different things in Microsoft 365. What's our last uh, quick mention, Daniel? I don't know, Daryl. I'll have a look. Okay, so it's, it's oh, the um, updated subject lines. Yeah, it's, yes. it's about the message center itself. Yes. Uh, if you're right. getting um, email notifications from the message center um, so that you don't actually have to visit the message center uh, for a couple of different messages, um, the subject lines are going to be shorter, right? I, I Sometimes I look at these email subject lines for, for these messages and go, yes, uh, some developer wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not great. Um, more concise. So uh, one will we'll now read major update for message center. Good, nice and concise. Next one, data privacy notification available in message center. Really short updates, but just nice to see that they're considering how much space we have in our subject line so we mm-hmm. can get onto it. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, uh, so let's do our yeah, next segment. 
Dun, dun, dun. Maybe hmm. we should have like a big splash on the screen and with a trumpet. We'll, we'll work segment. on it. Yeah, it's cool. We're going to call right. it callback, aren't we? A yes. Like you know, it might be a comedy routine, and someone always does like this callback to something they said in the show. Okay, messages are not are not comedy. They can be fun <laughs> and funny, um, but the, the concept, as Daniel said at the top of the show, was we're we're returning back to a message that has finally landed and content is coming through and um how is it landing within the community so uh which one should we start with um channel calendars maybe sure yeah yeah definitely um and that was one that was was announced recently and we've seen a couple of uh, our friends in the community uh matt wade stephen collier and a couple of others that have covered this off and done a nice deep dive uh, for videos to so check them out um calendars well i think let's also call this a retraction segment daniel because when we went over it we made some assumptions about how this was we thought Mm -hmm. the update was going to make the group calendar for the whole team available within a channel and when you add that app the uh, calendar channel calendar then we'll be able to see any event that has been booked into the group calendar for the, the team was that the case oops no. For the podcast listeners, Daryl is shaking no. his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the, the guys um, and, and people in the community have really done a good job of clarifying this. Um, when you go into a channel and you add um, a calendar, challenge, channel, uh, calendar channel, <laughs> hang on, channel calendar. Okay, I got there in the end. It's, it's getting late. Um, when you add that, uh, you're actually creating a um, what seems to be a uh, unique view of, of the calendar. I don't know if it is a, a filtered view of the group calendar in the background, but all you will see in there are um, channel meetings that have been scheduled. That's it. That's it. Yep. Um, I think it's still going to be useful mm-hmm. because um, let's think of uh, large teams that may be – using channels for work streams, large projects even, uh, they may need to run their own meetings within the channel. And what it does do is it exposes some of those meetings so that they're easier to find uh, rather than scrolling back and trying to find it in the conversation somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps us, again, to revisit the whole issue of when I create a channel meeting, will you get that invite or do you have to subscribe to it? So... That I recommend going back over and just mm-hmm. checking that out. I think generally the community is reacting to this and saying it's a good thing, but it still feels like we we want access to that full calendar for various purposes. What yeah. do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be one of those that it may change over time how we may get additional ways to use this. And um, so I think we just stay. It's good to bring up that, yes, we kind of maybe have – assume some things hey a lot of the times we're just given the same information you are sometimes we get some other information but on this one we were going with what we got what we had um maybe we'll get additional um you know changes in the future to bring more functionality but i still think it's valuable so Mm. and then um so the last one that i wanted to bring up here for callback uh and i actually brought up the message uh, this one is list rules make it easy to set up notifications of changes. Uh, it's actually MC227447. And this was back in November. 
And Microsoft was saying, hey, we're going to bring this new functionality or this new way of setting up some uh, reminders, notifications in your Microsoft lists. And of course, which means SharePoint list, right? Uh, so create these list rules, which uh, is great and didn't really have an it, we, I was kind of guessing at what kind of functionality this was. If we remember, we didn't know if this was new SharePoint functionality or if this was using Power Automate. Um, so this is still using, this is actually SharePoint functionality that's doing mm. these rules. Um, so these list rules are an out now. If you, they were delayed. Uh, I'm in a targeted tenant. It was supposed to be out in uh, late November to mid-December. I just got it. So it was delayed, but uh, anyone with uh, edit permissions on a list will be able to create these rules. Uh, and it's pretty slick being able to just create a rule and say when this, uh, yes, when item is added or, or deleted, which is good because creating workflow on items that are deleted is very difficult um, for us. But now we'll be able to do this when an item is deleted, but also when a column is changed, uh, you know, in, or when a, um, a specific cell is changed, you know, be able to say if this cell, the cell that matches this changes, tell me, you know, what's going on. So play around with those rules. I actually am working on a video for the rules um, that nice. I'll put up on my YouTube channel and we'll uh, talk about it a little bit more. But yeah, so um, I'm really what looking. What was that YouTube channel again, Daniel? Plug it in there. Well, it's uh, you can go to danielglenn.com slash YT and it'll take you to my YouTube channel. So, yeah, well, that was easy. Yeah, that's it. Right. So, so what uh, did you think it. of the, the, the new segments? Uh, let us know what you think, because we, we're quite keen to sort of uh, keep adjusting and mm -hmm. we serve our audience. We also enjoy bringing uh, some of this, uh, the updates to you. And, and remember, this show started with Daniel and I wanting to, for ourselves, keep disciplined and keep looking at what's coming so that we can keep aware. And um, we always love being able to engage with the community about what they think and how yeah. these things are landing. So right. yeah, keen to, to hear more about that. Yes, most certainly. We want to hear back from you. So, um, you know, you can leave a message on this video. You can get us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 365 MCS, just at mention us. Uh, we'd, LinkedIn, Facebook, hit us up there. We'd love to hear your feedback and, um, you know, make changes or, uh, you know, where we see fit to, to make it to work for uh, the greater audience. So we'd love to hear your input. And if you're looking for a new podcast to add to your list for the year, where do we find the, that list of all those providers? Yeah, so if you go to messagecenter.show, you'll be able to see all of the platforms. So if you're using Apple or Google or um, iTunes, or they're all there. Uh, so go check out whatever podcast app you use, click on it, uh, that logo there, and you'll be able to add it to your list. Uh, so you can get us on the go as well. Brilliant. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Daryl, it's been awesome, right? I hope I hope I did an okay job producing here. Of course, of course. Uh, we've been meaning to do this for a while, is yeah. sync up and try and, try and get our gear in, in, uh, in sync. In fact, I don't have any gear, too, uh, at the moment, because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in between jobs. 
Um, so yeah, thank you, Daniel. For, Dar- for yeah. Daryl's not down dreams. on his luck. He he is fine. People, he, he don't when he says he's in between jobs. He it actually is true. Uh, so be looking out for that uh, for the future announcement from him. But um, yeah, so thank you everyone for joining us today uh, for episode one seventy eight, and uh, mm. we'll catch you next time. Bye bye for now. See ya.